Okay, folks. Welcome back. This is episode two of season four. Uh, this is sort of like a redone interview because uh, a few, like a few, like what was it? Maybe a last week or so. We both tried to do this again, but my audio got very jumbled up because I was using a pair of uh, power pods I recently got. So I was like, oh, you know, I could finally use it for my thing, but apparently it can't really be used for uh, recording an interview. So, yeah. Uh, Krista, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Oh, and those who are just joining us again, this is Krista Cohen. She's been, she's a previous guest on the show. She's got a lot of stories to tell now that production has gone back to uh, somewhat bearable things where it's just like, well, production's back to normal-ish. So, yeah, Krista, what has life gotten you in terms of production be going back to New York? I mean, New York production, how has production treated you since going back? Well, um, <clears throat> now is not a great time to be working in the film industry. Um, there's very little work available, and what is available is, like, under the table, not COVID compliant, uh, just honestly worse work than than there was before COVID. Um, so that's why I'm happy to stay unemployed for however long it takes for the industry to get back to at least some some standards. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm um, you know I got my OSHA 10. I have um, the intention to join Local 52 someday. Uh, next is a driver's license, then a lift license, and uh, hopefully I'll be, you know, working on union gigs soon. Yeah, I think it's odd because uh, what you just mentioned before, it, it isn't really, uh, there are certain independent films because, like, over the weekend, I, I hope to at least do an independent film because uh, one of my uh, previous uh, guests, Yoko, at the time of this thing, he he was actually filming his uh, short, like, first week of film and so I gotta go down to Brooklyn College and then hop into a van or car or what have you and then drive out to Floyd Bennett's field on Sunday to do like a hopefully a quick what have you seen because I gotta get because by the time we get back by the time is four o'clock it's already getting darker so especially now it's like winter now uh but yeah and this is something that we both touched upon last time when we were talking before the audio got uh, corrupted on my side, was that... Oh, that's your side, okay. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is that? So, uh, yeah. Uh, and this is something that I kind of talked to you about uh, previously, too, which was essentially... Now there is a like an influx of people who do need people, but it is going to be very shady on like what terms and like what is the terms all that stuff too. Because I even got you know, even though I am like an actor, I still am like very professional in terms of when I, I had to do like the uh, behind the scenes work. So if it's like hey you know where is this thing going to be? You know, you, you need you need the uh, the five views, the who, the what, the when, the where, the why. Well, not the why, but those all, like those four Ws will will just work just nicely. But yeah, it it's uh, a lot more difficult now with the uh, COVID because I think a lot more people need to be more mindful of who's on the crew, right? 
So, in your experience, like, has that been an issue on, like, how many people have been on a crew and how many people you think were doing the best job or people who were just being on there were just like, yeah, you know what, they're just there just for, because they know the director or they know the producer, blah, 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 blah. Well, uh, the very few productions I've uh, I've worked on during COVID um, have been skeleton crews, have been, you know, um, as few people as, as possible, people wearing a lot of different hats. Um, the crews themselves have been, have been functional, certainly, um, but they're just projects that don't really, how do I say this? They don't feel like they had the passion behind it. Well, one person does typically, uh, the director typically does. And then, you know, other people are just kind of paid to be there. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as the money is there to, to pay people. I was on a production in September that, you know, that, um, like when they wrapped, uh, I was only on it for three days. But yeah. when they wrapped, uh, the director, the director slash producer sent us this sob story email about how, oh, God, I just, you know, I was overtaken. I wanted, I, you know, I just wanted my movie paid. I didn't I didn't care how. So, you know, I worry about how I'm going to pay you. I was like, oh, my God, why did I get myself into this? Um, luckily, I ended up uh, I ended up getting paid, um, you know, a little after my invoice was overdue. But, you know, it's not the not the worst thing in the world um but ugh, it's eerie to think that there are people out there who are not waiting on the funding to yeah. to make their productions and are just flying you know uh, how, how does it go flying by the seat of their pants yeah writing by the seat of the pants if they're a writer but flying by the seat of the pants if they're basically behind the production it's much more be is it's much more tough as a writer when you gotta do it on the fly because you sometimes have to really think about, you know, I've been in in placement placements where it's like, okay, do I need to actually fix this in terms because of who's acting in this production that sort of thing, especially if it goes against their own personal beliefs, like just don't don't worry about it, you know, I, I'll turn it down, especially when, but when it becomes a production, it's like. Uh, you know, uh, short story aside, I mean, long story aside, uh, a few years ago, I tried doing my own production of a play I did, and it was really hard because the original director bowed out because of work, you know, uh, work commitment stuff, so he couldn't do it, and here I was, like, literally directing at the seat of my own pants, where it's like, I had no idea how to direct, because I only directed, like, maybe once, which was, like, a 10-minute play festival like years ago, so I only have like maybe a little bit of memory of like what to do with directing. And I only figure, you know, as an actor, <laughs> I figure only as an actor, I know how to do, I know how to, you know, talk to actors, that sort of thing, but I don't know how to direct. So, yeah, when you have to do, and, and that production was a little chaotic towards the end too, because of, you know, stuff I really can't go into because of, uh, I guess legal reasons or something like that and that was only for like a 10 minute play that was going to be put on stage and stuff and and i uh yeah and i did a lot of stuff that you know personally on my own pocket stuff like that so it, it, it is it, and it goes to what you just said before is like 
when there is a director or at least producer who does it who is passionate about the project they will pay out of their own pocket that sort of thing especially if i don't have enough money to pay the amount of crew i would try and do the best to pay with whatever stuff i have for the crew anyway uh but yeah it's i you know it's much more crazier now in terms of covid because yes you do have to run with skeleton crew but it's it's making sure that skeleton crew is uh none of not you know not only the best but the best what you could get in terms of just timing especially if you need to talk to people who you already know it's like hey i'm doing a project you know i can't i don't know i don't know how much i could pay but is it possible you could do it you could say yeah of course i could pay but then you could be like the more professionalism where it's just like okay but how much you gotta be paying me because i can't really be working you know just for food and pizza or something like that or drinks and pizza you know and and that's another thing where it's just like yeah it's like people could pay in full and fool uh people could pay in food but pizza or sort you know pretzels they could only do so much without actually having hey we need actual money for this you know for my job because you know i've seen your work and your work is pretty impressive and so i you know i'd be like i do not want to have her just like not be paid and just like you know what she made a great sword that looks realistic and i only can't i only could pay her with just like you know uh like maybe forty dollars just for this whole thing, when the whole thing could probably be paying like one hundred and eighty or something like that, or even more, depending on how much material you use. So, it yeah, it goes up. So, yeah, it, and again, uh, the production I just mentioned before with my former guest, you know, I asked him point blank, "Is like, will I be paid for this production?" He's like. I'm sorry, you won't be paid, but because if I had enough money, I would be paying everyone in the uh, thing, but I would only be able to pay like the actors and stuff like that. So it's just, I think, in terms of just production stuff, it's only because of who you know and who you feel comfortable with. Because if you feel comfortable with, you're just like, okay, fine, I can do this one production. It won't be anything at all, but, you know, but when the next production comes, it's like, I need to get paid for that production. Otherwise, it just feels like you're just doing this, just, you know, it feels like, and this is something that, you know, draws upon what I mentioned to you, uh, like, a few days ago, which was that uh, I was in a similar production like yours, uh, back at one of my old colleges, right? And wait, is that your cat or mine? <laughs> it's mine. He's okay. he talks a lot. Okay. Come here, honey. No, I can take him. <laughs> he, wants to, he wants to be a part of everything. Can't. Anyway, uh, because I heard a cat. I'm like, wait, is that my cat outside or yours? <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's. <laughs> Ooh! You don't clear your hands. It's not my fault. No. I want to be helped. Young man. Yeah. He just he he can't see, but he jumps anyway. Why would you do that, baby boy? Aww. 
sure you like this. It's a little gremlin. Oh, my beloved gremlin. Poor thing. He's blind. Well, he's not fully blind, but he's blind enough that I don't trust him to try and jump himself. Although yeah. he keeps trying to do it. It's a shame. Yeah. Uh, anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it it's a lot worse, especially if you're an actor. So you're kind of used to, like, doing productions where it is nothing. Where it is essentially nothing, nothing. Where you're not getting paid for anything, you know. Uh, because relating back to it is, like, a few years ago, I was in a production for some, like, like avant-garde movie or something like that. And it was shooting on campus, so I didn't have to go anywhere that far. You know, it was a day out of my own. It was a day where I didn't have to go anywhere. It was, like, it was a free day. You know, it was my free day. And sure enough, you know, I'm not getting paid, but I'm getting paid with food. So I'm like, okay. So it's like, there's pretzels, there's chips, there's water, there's, you know, whatever. And my whole job was essentially just lay in bed, act as I was in uh, a patient at some hospital, and play cards or something like that. And the director, he seemed like an okay guy because he seemed like, I, I think I auditioned from it because of, like, I short, like, plastered around campus like hey we're looking for people for this production blah 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 and sure enough he's like oh you know i i you know i think it'd be a good fit blah, blah 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 and sure enough the production itself for that one day felt so chaotic because the guy didn't know how to direct and i'm looking at this other guy you know my my other actor i mean co-star over there and he's like and we're literally on bed, just like on our phones, just as the guy is like. It tells you a lot when the director has a trouble setting up one shot, and that one shot takes at least three hours to get through. And here we are, just literally on, a, on a, in the bed, just like waiting for that one shot to be over. And by the time it got through the rest of the. Uh, the scenes, because the scenes itself were very quick, because they weren't like very talkative scenes. They were like literally like maybe transition scenes where it's like it's literally like someone's talking. It's like someone's like you know uh, people would be on the bed and then it'd be like a fade out or something like that, or it was like a dissolve that sort of thing, and be like less people there. So you get the uh, sense of like that sort of thing. But yeah, it, it literally took maybe three hours just to get through one scene or one shot. Because the guy literally did not know how to not only handle the actor in front of him, but just just handle his own writing. Where it's just like he wrote the thing, and it was something he was trying to do for the film of a uh, film festival that was happening. So yeah, it was insane to work with. And afterwards, like after the day, I was just like. I'd be just surprised if that film even gets even finished and whatnot, because I don't even think my scene will be even on the on the on the thing. So, and sure enough, I got you know an email saying, "Hey Brian, I'm sorry, you know it's we couldn't really finish the thing because the 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 funding ran out, whatever funding they had, and the lead actor kind of like quit on me. So I have no like 
I had nothing to really show for it. So I'm like, okay. And then I met him up like, like literally the next semester or so. And he had another film and I was like, oh, I, I was hoping that wasn't the film that you did with me because it sounded like the same film that you just made. But it was like, no, 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 it's a totally different film. But, but he was hoping to do the same film again, and he was hoping for me to get on it. And I was like, yeah, sure, maybe. And and it, it's weird because when you're an actor starting out, you're kind of expected to do these student films, right? It's like it's making your bones. But when it's but when you're out on the professional field. And you got to do these student films. It's like it gets more redundant after a while. So I get to the sensation is like, hey, you need to get, you know, if this is a professional crew, you need to pay your crew. But how can you pay a crew when the producer or something like that really doesn't want to pay them? And they only pay, you know, X amount of people and that X amount of people will just not be the crew. So, yeah, it's. It's uh, it's very shady for the most part, especially post-COVID, where it was just like the same things are happening, but, you know, they can't do like 20 people on a set. They can only do like maybe five or seven people on a set. And then, but it's the same type of practices where it's like, oh, you know, we won't be able to pay you. I'm like, okay. And it gets a little disheartening after a while, so... So, and I do understand why you want to go to union things where it's just like, oh, union things. You know, you're basically on a set for like 10, 15 hours a day doing actually and getting paid for stuff like, hey, you need, you know, you know you're part of the props department or you're part of the art department, you know. This thing needs to get fixed for this scene later or maybe this, you know. And it's like, okay, you just give me the materials and then a week later, you get like a good check for it, so it's like it. It's but it is sad how essentially there are productions, especially if you're looking on backstage, where it's just like the same amount of productions, where it's just like, hey, we're shooting a class, uh, uh, we're shooting a scene for our class. We need the actors. I'm like, I just can't do those things anymore. It is like. Once you and it's like once you graduate from like college or stuff like that, that trial by fire, that you know that, and you know entry level stuff, you can't want to just go into intermediate stuff. So yeah, I've stopped. Uh, I've stopped taking student films because um, I realized that there's, I don't have a whole lot to learn from them anymore. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of like I. If you want to be effective on a set, any set, you're going to do your homework. You're going to make sure that you know exactly what's going to be done on set, what needs to to be prepared, the um, you know which materials are time sensitive because they have to be ordered promptly, how to get a hold of money, how to budget, uh, and all that. Um, I've become good enough at the homework that. Um, a lot of times I will get on board a student production. Um, they'll, I'll give them a budget, you know, proposal uh, that's broken down like to the, you know, to the nth degree, every single thing I'm going to need, how I'm going to get it, where I'm going to get it from. 
how much labor it's going to take on my part. Um, I'll send them, I'll, you know, send them these budget proposals and they'll go, huh, we didn't expect it to cost that much. Can we not pay you or pay you later? And I go, no, I, I'd like to be, I'd like to be paid, you know, yeah. within the net 30. That's pretty, you know, it's standard for New York City. Um, and a lot of times they'll, they'll end up ghosting me. So, you know, uh, I, I, I'm no longer doing student films because uh, a lot of times they cannot afford the work that they need done. Yeah. Uh, they expect somebody to just swoop in with, you know, with their own car, their own materials, everything from home, this, this, and that. And I don't, I try not to own a lot of stuff. I am not, you know, a walking prop house. Uh, things need to be bought or rented or fabricated. There needs to be time and money to do that. Um, and a lot of times, a lot of times student productions are not, and you know, it's, it's not entirely their fault. Um, there's no real education in film school on how to interact with art, how to plan for art. Um, so I get that. I just don't need to suffer for it anymore. I don't need to be part of it anymore when I could, you know, I can do better. Yeah, and it's sad because it, people can do better. It's just that it's a lot. I think it's because a lot, a lot of people just expect people to be very, uh, just okay with not being paid at all, especially if you're doing a student film. Because if you're doing a student film, like yeah, it's a student film. It's like. It's very amateurish. There are student films that aren't really amateurish. Like, they are doing the best work that they can. But when you're doing, like, student film after student film, it's like you just get the sensation that, okay, maybe people are just using you because you're, you're very, you just say okay to, you're just easy to say okay with. Or they know that you had the materials already on hand because people already work with you. So yeah, it's it's good to have some materials on hand, you know, especially if you live in a house where a lot of the materials that seem that you need to have just seem to be magically by you somewhere. So especially if you know, uh, quick story. Uh, a few years ago, I, I actually had to play a Martian, right, and. The director wanted to buy a ray gun, right? And I was like, no, 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 no. I got a ray gun at home. Don't worry. And he, said, he goes, Brian, don't, you know, we could pay you to get you a ray gun. I'm like, don't worry. I have a ray gun. And I come into school with a ray gun and I go, yeah, what do you think of this? And the ray gun itself is a Han Solo blaster from, you know, uh, I believe maybe when Return of the Jedi was released in theaters, for the special editions, so they were coming out with special, like special, uh, like toys and stuff like that. And it's a very reddish gun, so it looks very, like, very alien-esque. And my and my uh, director goes, Brian, this doesn't feel right. And I was like, just don't worry about it. And you know, sure enough, I use this gun on stage, right? And everyone who always sees that gun gets it very not only. Good laugh for it, but people will always, yeah, I know that gun. It's the Han Solo gun. <laughs> so yeah, it 
it works when you do have the materials on hand. But at the same time, if you do have that, that material on hand, especially if it's a, a, a prop that they need, you kind of want to get something out of that because, you know, just because you have, a, you know, a good old-fashioned desk that you barely use and they just got to be using it for the production doesn't mean that that's is for free. So... Just because I'm giving and just because I'm lending you this doesn't mean it's gonna be for free. I kinda wanna have something in return. So people kinda think, oh, okay, uh, well you, you will get credit for it. I'm like, okay, that's good credit, but I need something else in return. So think about that in the future. So it's like and yeah, it's like people get very stingy on stingy or stingy. There we go. People get very stingy on payment because oh, you know it, you know, they think it can be. They think it can be delayed. They think that just yeah. because you know, um, I am not a material that needs to be bought immediately, or else we can't shoot. Um, that they can delay paying their their contractor, um, which is a habit that I want to be like eradicated from from filmmaking. I think that is some student film bullshit and that it needs to die. Um, The director that I that I mentioned earlier who had me, you know, work on a feature, he was like, yeah, I'm so, you know, I'm so glad with your work. I'd like to I'd like to work together again. I was I was honest with him. I said, dude, you know, doing making this film the way you did was unacceptable. I don't see you as a professional. I don't think I'll work with you in any capacity where you are like above me yeah. just because, you know, you work irresponsibly. I didn't I didn't say it in in that many that words, way, but, but you kind you of said in a way that felt like you were actually saying it it was essentially the truth, but you weren't saying it directly like that. Yeah, just you know, I I I I don't want people to get the idea that this is okay and that this is normal for you to just kind of rack up a whole lot of debt in labor and then throw up your hands when it comes time to pay. That is not stuff that gets you forward in the industry. A lot of times people think, you know, once I get my once I get my my movie made, it'll it'll then sell and then I'll have the money to to pay for it. That's not a functional way to think about financing your film uh and that's going to end up burning a lot of people yeah i want to say this to got to the guy because he he was in his 30s you know he had graduated from you know from college when i was like in middle school it you know this is not this is not a lesson that you need to learn this late in your career this is somebody who you know wanted their film made no matter what and and they did it no matter what. I'm just glad that I wasn't burned, you know, too badly in the process. Yeah. I don't uh, know about the other contractors, though, so. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Yeah, it's sort of like the same thing with uh, theater, where it's just like, I've had, you know, productions where they will pay you in snippets, but that's only towards, like, the end of production, where it's just like, you know, it's, especially if you come off, on the end of the production so 
like like the last day or so just to strike everything down and they'll pay you like maybe a week later or something like that so it's like it's fairly it's fairly noticeable it's just like yeah it's it is what it is but uh i had a great boss who actually paid me uh, paid me out of her own pocket you know because not only was she like the only one there who was really doing a lot of work but she nearly needed someone to do stuff i was like and it, it was amazing to get it like especially since i did a lot of work the previous day to take off a lot of stuff especially striking down a lot of the set and we actually transported that set to other you know storage storage locations and you know at the end of the day while we were actually getting another set piece from like Farmingdale, she actually paid me out of her own pocket because she knew that I was really, really doing the best work and she really didn't want me to be paid uh, less than I was originally going to be, uh, originally going to be, you know, get. So, yeah, it's when there's a lot more people who could do that initiative where it's just like pay you kind of like upfront or at least. Like maybe something up front, they that means like hey, they actually mean business and they do want to do business with you. But then there are people who kind of like don't pay you and just you know pay you with just like food and stuff, which is it depends on 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 the uh, you know if it's for a student film, I can understand, especially if it's like something you need to shoot for class and it's something that you need to. Uh, Ed within the next like two weeks so I can understand you know hey we don't have enough we don't have no budget so we're just going to use whatever location we have and I've been there but if it's a, a a film you see on something like backstage where it's just like oh you know and I'm not like shooting shit on backstage it's just that backstage with it has been known for being uh, no, yeah, it has been known for being like very student film-esque whereas it's like if you're uh, an aspiring aspiring artist or actor apply on backstage and you know chances are nine out of ten apply i mean nine out of ten applications for a job you'll probably you probably won't hear back but one of those jobs you do hear back it was like okay you know payment no pay defer pay and you know, like or stippets and like defer pay sounds okay especially if that sounds like it sounds like it's money up front but Deferred pay really just means, I might be wrong, but the preferred pay it means when this thing is made, meaning when this production is fully made and fully realized, especially if it's a film thing, and we get money off of it, you get some percentage off of that. So I think that's what deferred pay means. I might be wrong. I always thought deferred pay was just pay later like we'll pay you when when we can however that's financed is you know it's of no consequence to the, to okay. the it might be the same thing too so it depends on i think it depends on the the meaning of the fur pay but yeah it, it's but then i would hear from my friends and my friends were like oh why don't you just try you know such and such like actors access where it's just like you get a lot more actual jobs and a lot of these jobs actually feel like, you know, jobs and, you know, like, the job market itself. It's like, so, it it's hard to do acting, but also it's much more hard to do with production now because there isn't really that many productions around New York City. I mean, there are, aside from, uh, like, the major ones that you just mentioned before, the union ones, which is, like, you know, 
what's CBS doing this week? Okay, what's NBC doing this week? What's Fox doing this week? You know, uh, what's ABC able to film around here this week? You know, is the CW filming one of the shows around here too? You know, is HBO Max doing one of the shows around here? It's like it gets to a point where a lot of these, uh, like the one, like the productions you want to be on, it's you can't go on to those productions until you, you know, done the uh, union thing where it's just like you gotta get into the union and then that's when you jump onto you those union jobs. Uh, but yeah, how did that union thing come about? It's like did like did you apply to that or was it just like I know a couple of people who could probably get me onto that union so I they could talk to me and I could actually fill out some for uh, forms like that. Well, um, there's always, you know, talk of the of the union, even in film school. I just graduated in May and I decided, oh, boy, I don't want to stay in the, the indie film scene too long. So let me look into union application. Um, apparently, what you do is you get all your licenses first. Um, you get your lift license, you get your OSHA 10, although they may be changing it to OSHA 30 um, in order to, to make it harder to get into, which is fine by me. I could sit for 20 more hours. Um, <laughs> Uh, especially if it means like safety on set, which I'm very important, you know, it's very important to me. Um, so you get, you know, you get all, all your, um, your stuff together. And then, uh, as far as I know, you contact, uh, you contact the union and say that you want to be put on the overhire list. Then when, um, when union productions need to need to staff up and they run out of people who are in, you know, card carrying union members who are available to do that work, they'll then go to their overhire list, which is people like me who want to eventually join the union. So with enough hours, um, you become eligible for union membership. And by then, people in the union know you well enough, know the quality of your work, uh, and can recommend you for uh, for membership. So I know a few people who are in, who are in that, um, who are, excuse me, I know a few people who are in that position who are working towards union membership, and I realize that, you know, the quality of my work is on par with theirs. I can do what they do. So, you know, I, I shouldn't feel uh, hesitant about applying. <sighs> also. Okay. All right. Uh, where were we? Uh, so, yeah, union jobs, I feel like, are a great source and for not only... Not only showing how you're on set, but you know, showing how well you do with this, with these sort of like predicaments in terms of hey, you know, uh, there was actually a meme I, I saw on a Facebook group, uh, movie set memes, where it's like, oh, people laugh at grips, and then, and then they actually find out how much grips make, and I'm like. You make how much that much? Just by just staying around and just holding a thing like this? Or, no, not, no that's a boom mic, the person. Uh, grips are the ones who basically are basically stagehands. I, I think they're stagehands in they're, movies. They're like the Lego people. So you've got your, your electricians who, you know, uh, put together the, the lighting stuff. But then you need stands and such uh, and all sorts of, you know... You need to rig up stuff to, you know, make it work, uh, and that's done by grips. Yeah, uh, it, 
I do feel like uh, being on a movie set, though, it's like even though there's a lot of people on that set, even though they, you know, even though there are a lot of job titles on a movie set, I feel like a lot of those job titles, job titles do interconnect with a lot of things. So even though, you know, uh, the DOP might be the guy who be making, you know, making sure that the light, you know, the light is good and all that stuff, making sure all those, you know, sunset, you know, if the sun is hitting just right, he's also the guy who's probably going to be like, um, running around making sure that the, uh, the light itself is actually being at the good, you know, good point too, because, uh, like in theater, I guess in a way my, this, where my brain is trying to say is, like in theater, uh, you do wear many hats in theater and also film too. So, so especially nowadays, where it's just like a lot more people have to do the same job more than once. Uh, ex- except if you're in different unions, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of complaints people do about or well, complaining people do about how very very separate union jobs are as in like you can't touch and move the equipment of another department because uh then you're you know violating uh such and such union agreements like it's really the jobs are so so separate uh to the point where it delays things but i see myself as very able to work with that i figure that that um those you know delineations work okay as long as everyone is doing their jobs everyone is is on point so i i look forward to having a very specialized job i don't want to be you know i'm so sick of people recruiting me as say a set dresser an art director a props master what have you and then saying oh could you do wardrobe too oh could you do makeup too oh could you and I just go, it's just, it's, to me, it's like sacrilege. I, I want that to also be left behind um, yeah. in, in the student film world because it's just not how productions go. We have specialized j- jobs for a reason because we're very, very good at them. Yeah, you know, even though I have a background with sound engineering, I am not a sound engineer. I could only work the audacity machine or premiere audition as much as i can and still be somewhat credible you know i'm not an editor so as people who watch the show can see i'm clearly not a good editor but i edit at least something good and manageable each week for people to watch the show or even listen to so but what I am though is more of a hands-on person where it's basically I do very good stage hand work and I do very good acting when the, the need calls for it but I do feel like I am more of an actor than I am a stage hand but between those two jobs I would probably pick the stage hand stuff because there's a lot more stuff I can do behind the scenes and get paid to do for that stuff to do especially if you're just wheeling especially for big Broadway shows and it is a big scene transition, you know, within maybe 30 to 40 seconds on stage. And it's still dark outside and you got to wheel off like maybe 15 pieces of set within like a span of like 15 seconds that you can still get paid for very handsomely. So yeah, but if you just got to be doing it as a stagehand 
and you got to be willing off like two big set pieces within a span like maybe 14 seconds and you're not going to be paying for it. I'm like, why am I still doing this? Like, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's like what you just said before, even though you have like even though you've done like uh, set dressing and makeup stuff, you're not like you don't have a, a like a background that you could just like I have some experience for that, but not like a full experience. Whereas it's like I had that experience, but I would rather be doing this experience, which is basically arts, you know, the the art department or like set designer or whatever, what have you. Whereas like I want to show people what I could actually do instead of just doing, hey, yeah, I know how to. All right, just give me a couple of seconds. Okay, this is a good fix for you know clothing and stuff like that. It's insulting you know? to both jobs to expect one person to to do both because you know both of them suffer. Uh, I'm not a makeup artist. I've never I've never claimed to be, but it's it's not right to you know pass off pass off these jobs as if they're not necessary to hire a whole other person to to do that. Um, you know, if my attention is divided between, you know, the next set that's being built and the prop that's being used in this scene, in this scene right now, and, oh God, there's some shine on, uh, on so-and-so's face, my work is going to suffer and, you know, it's not going to be something that I can put my stamp of approval on, that I can say I'm proud to have, I'm proud to have yeah. done because my attention was divided in a million different directions. Yeah, because you definitely do want to show that uh show that not only you made a good you know good stuff on set but if you're kind of like being poor uh, being pulled towards different things where it's like you know uh hey you have a background in photography can you be the on-set photographer i'm like okay uh, but maybe that your job could be essentially your job is essentially uh a boom you know uh, you know you know uh uh, what was it? Sound. Yeah, the sound, like the sound guy, and on the set, sound, the sound mixer. Yeah, the sound mixer, where it's just basically you're making sure that people are on, you know, people are very quiet on set. You know, uh, you get the tone, that sort of thing. Especially if it's going to be like a loud area or maybe even quiet area, that sort of thing too. Right. But, but people were like, hey, you know, uh, just because you know some form of photography doesn't mean you know that is your background because and this is what we were just talking about before was like people do take advantage of people or because of uh because of this different uh things uh, you know yeah people take advantage of people because of just different uh things altogether because of their not only background but also their you know uh, what's the term uh personal experiences with them because just because if they know each other i.e you know they're friends they could obviously be a lot more uh hey can you do this can you do this also instead of just hiring more people for that because in especially if they're friends they figured they could just use their friendship for them and ask them to do more stuff instead of just hiring more people on that set or or hiring more people for that production. So they could save money just by asking their friends, especially since they know 
hey, can you really do this? You know, I know you, you know, I know you're the this, I know you're a sound mixer, but can you do the the on-site photography? Can you do also do uh, some of the camera work too? You know, it's like it it gets a little uh, hectic. I, I will say that, especially if uh, because you know uh, a few years ago. Uh, I had to pay one of my friends out of my own pocket because not only was he the um, uh, my uh, designer, but he was also going to be the guy who took photos for the uh, program. So I had to pay him out of my own pocket because he was also my photographer and my uh, photo uh, my uh, photo designer, uh, playbill designer, and also my poster designer. So. I wanted to have a nice little thing, even though it was a ten-minute play. I wanted to give them, uh, give people who were watching this play, oh wow, this is, this is a good, you know, design for, you know, a uh, poster and whatnot. Especially if it's got to be spread around uh, on social media too. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, my friend wore essentially not only, and he's primarily a photographer too, so he knows something about you know, setting up a shot because he has a film background of like, I think DOP, you know, uh, you know, yeah, being a uh, director of photography, but he also is a photographer himself. So I was like, Hey, can you just also just do uh, uh, stuff for like uh, program stuff where it's just like, there's a little circle. There's a little head right there, the circle of the head. And there's a little bio right there. It's like circle of the head, bio, blah, blah, blah. And of course, you know, few weeks later he's like brian can you pay me for this thing i'm like yeah sure just give me a couple of like just give me a day or so to pay you because yeah i'm still not you know i wasn't sure you know i still wasn't sure how to pay people online because i'm just so used to paying people in person because it was like i used to just pay people in person or people would pay me in person so i was still very unused i mean what i could just try and what i'm trying to say i wasn't really used to paying people online so yeah, that was what I was trying to say. So yeah, uh, and it is something where it's just something where it's like there are people who are friends with people on a on a uh, film set who do try and use their friendship to have them do more than what they are paid to do, and also what their job is to do. So yeah. I'm very selective about the friends that I make on set. Um, I don't like to get dragged into shit show productions, and I give that vibe on on set. I'm very um, I'm very professional, very proactive. Um, so you know, people get get the impression, and it's correct that I'll only really work for pay, and that I want to be on productions that are organized, that are professional. Uh, I want others around me to do their homework so that my homework, you know, contributes to to something good, contributes to, you know, the best work possible. Yeah, and how can you do that when people are actually taking advantage of that friendship because, hey, you know, just because we're friends for, like, Five years now doesn't mean you could still uh, stinge me out of payment and stuff like that. You know, uh, I think I was talking to you this about uh, what was it when we were first doing this interview, and I was talking about how essentially I won't name names, but there was a, a friend of mine, and they 
wanted me to not only act but also be like the photo uh model for this character be the main character essentially about this like lone wolf type of character and they would have been paying me like fifty dollars per day so i would have been and it was a two-day shoot and i would have been making at least over a hundred dollars of just being essentially staying around and acting like there was a uh, staying around and just acting like there was a uh, scene right in front of me but in the end he really just didn't want to maybe yeah he in the end he really just didn't want to either pay me out of his own pocket because he only had two people so that was only and so those two people would have been like two hundred dollars already then and, don't promise stuff like that i hate i that's one of my biggest pet peeves when people will just straight up lie about about intentions to to pay you uh that's why i I, it doesn't sound good, but I plan on starting my own blacklist. You know how there's um, how there's on Facebook there's Deadbeat Producers Club where people get called out for yeah people get called out for non-payment. I am starting my own personal blacklist that I'm going to keep for myself. That's people who like people who work on you know shit show productions, put together shit show productions, uh, people who pay late but not late enough to, to submit to Deadbeat Producers Club, um, people who post on on Facebook, hey, I'm, I'm trying to make my first my first feature film for $30,000. I want to remember who they are and not work with them because whatever they're gonna be making cannot possibly be any good. Yeah. Uh I've seen some of that happen with uh, Indiegogo. Uh, what was it? Indiegogo. Uh, what's the other ones? Uh, Kickstart and uh, yeah, mostly of uh, those like type of things where it's just like, oh, it's a Kickstarter and like Indiegogo type of uh, GoFundMe. There we go. Where it's just like those are the type of productions that was like, hey, we need to raise like ten thousand dollars for my first production or something like that, or maybe even twenty five dollars. Twenty-five thousand, twenty-five thousand for my production of my first feature film, and hopefully with the people who I know, blah 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 blah, maybe they could help us or something to that effect. But you know, in the end, it's like you can only pay. You're probably gonna be only getting like a quarter of like of what you got, you know, like X, especially if it's like only for thirty days. You know, if you're if the set the thing was like maybe in six months you want to get like twenty five thousand in six months, it's possible you might be getting thirty five percent, maybe even forty percent of that. But it's still a long shot to do because you still got probably take out loan after loan after loan of just like, you know, just getting equipment stuff that sort of thing too. Especially if you're gonna be uh, renting out equipment, especially and and the, and there it is another thing where it's just like basically. You know, hey, can we borrow your camera for a while? You know, I was like. I applaud people for trying to, you know, stretch, stretch a small amount of money so that it, you know. Lasts the entire production. I applaud them for trying, but I don't have enough faith in the product most of the time. I don't have enough faith in the product to put my labor into that and to potentially not get paid or pay be paid late. I don't need to to be part of it. I, you know, I'm 
usually this is not my friend who does this. This is not somebody, you know, I feel in, in any way indebted to. I want to do work and be paid for it. And just because I chose to work in a creative field doesn't mean that I'd like to work for free or work for passion or work for exposure. It doesn't yeah. pay my rent, you know? Or work for just experience. That's for a lot, you know. Got plenty. Yeah, I got plenty of experience too. It's just that there are just certain things where it's just like, I just want to know how well this thing works and how well this, this thing doesn't feel like at all just yeah i don't want to have projects uh, yeah i don't want to have projects in the end where it just feels like was it really all that worth it just to do uh you know a one-day production where i was just lying in bed and the set the set was just chaotic as anything and but yeah it's it just gets to a point where it's just like you got to think about yourself and you just got to think about the product that you're doing and the product that you're doing, you want to get not only recognition for it, but also some money from that too. Especially if it's like a legitimately good thing where it's just like, that looks impressive. They must've got paid a lot just for that thing. And then, you find out, well, I wasn't really paid for anything, so it was like, it kind of like, so yeah, it, it's, it's it said that, you know, yeah, it's said that there are productions where it's just like, especially nowadays, where it's just like, there are people who still do take advantage of those types, where it's just like, I know you, you're my friend, I need your, I need your help for this thing. And in the end, they're not going to be paying you anything at all. So, yeah, it's... Film production is weird in the long run. Which is very sad because they... Because I don't think my professors in either of my colleges really talked about that type of uh, aspect in film. Where it's just like, yeah, just don't worry. Just, you know, be prepared that there are going to be productions where they do take advantage of you, where it's just like, you know, uh, yeah, I don't think either of my professors in any of my colleges actually talked about that sort of thing, where it's just like, I understand, you know, I'm not talking about it because, you know, IE is not really that much to talk about, but it should be noted that even when you are graduating or even if you are working uh, freelance, you got to run, run into these sort of problems where is this like, where is this going to be? Will this production pay me on time or will this production pay me at all? I don't want to be in that for very long at all. It's not a great place to be in. And frankly, the content that gets made in that fashion, in the, in, you know, in the fashion of like fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah. It's rarely ever very good. So, I, you know, I, I don't really uh, care if someone's heart gets broken that they can't make a feature with $10,000. There is a great, well, not great, but there is an interesting backstory about the, the type of stuff that happens on actual, like, independent movie sets and how, especially if it's, like, something that that's going to be made online, right? Uh, several years ago, there was a, 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 
a website channel awesome they did a like anniversary film like every every year or so they would do an anniversary film and a lot of people who worked on that site have told how bad it was filming because the guys who would be paying not well not the guys who were in charge really didn't know how to you know how well to work with not only yeah not only how unwell they were doing in terms of filming but also just unwell in terms of just production standards and that was one reason why a lot of people aside from aside basically because of beyond production standpoints and how bad these producers were actually treating the other producers that's why a lot of people were leaving that site so yeah it's like what you were just saying before with the people who you you know there are people who you know that burn your bridges and I've known I burned a few bridges myself, and those bridges aren't going to be built anytime soon. Even if someone does try and, you know, uh, even if they are trying to, like, be very respectful for me, like, no, that burned bridge is going to stay burned for a while. So, especially if you're doing stuff for a professional standpoint, too. So, yeah. Uh, it, it It's just sad that, the, you know, People do would take advantage of of not only. I think the reason why people do take advantage is because people think that like, oh, just because you just you know, just because you graduated or just because you're in a student or thing, they don't know. They, they figure they don't know. You know, know the the uh, the business side of a lot of things. So, and that might be true, but also there could be. They, you know, they could be uh, talking to someone like you who knows a lot of business side. So yeah. So, in short, COVID production still the same. I mean, productions that are still in uh, in COVID, uh, like the COVID thing, where it's just like the COVID era of productions area, especially around the tri-state or at least in New York City, still the same. Whereas, like, they, they, people still run around the same problems. It won't be the same. I mean, there are people who do have the same problems regardless. But, yeah, it's like, you talk about you talk about great deals. Like, there are people who aren't getting paid because of uh, either. I, I mean, there are people who don't get paid because of, you know, relationships, i.e. they're great friends with the producers or they're just doing it out of their own pocket. Or just it's not getting paid because the producers don't want to sprung up an, an extra like a hundred dollars or something like that, or extra what is it three hundred dollars or what have you, because they don't want to be over budget or something like that. Even though there are films that do go over budget and people are getting paid on time. Anyway, uh, I I don't feel like I need to do those three questions as I said before previously because this is a returning guest i don't feel like i don't yeah because you are a returning guest i don't feel like uh i need to say those three questions again but those who don't know you uh where can we find you uh if you do have any social media um so i am on I am on Instagram. People typically ask me for that instead of a business card. I'm on Instagram. Um, 
My Instagram is Netflix and kill with underscores. I might even write that down just so that it's uh, just so that it's clear. Oh. Which is a great name, by the way. <laughs> I, I get approached for pe from people who uh, I get approached by people who want to buy it. And kill. There we go. Oh, that may need to be flipped. There we go. Alrighty, so yeah, Netflix underscore and underscore kill. That's the best way to uh, to reach me if you're interested in my work. Um, I'm just to be clear. Hold on, there's a plane passing. This is season. I do uh, I do art department work. I uh, can work as either an art director, props master, art department coordinator, set dresser. Uh, I, I do it all just because, um, you know, I need the work. Um, yeah. But my, my real passion is props. So if you ever need a, a props master, I'm, I'm your gal. I also fabricate props. So, you know, reach out to me for an estimate. Uh, that's another thing I would love to talk to you about is uh, just props in general because I feel like that could be an, uh, a, I feel like that could be another discussion by itself because I've only done props for my prop class and it's sad because before COVID struck we had the idea of using the 3D printer for my class so we could have been using the 3D printer for that sort of thing so I would love to talk to you about the differences of actual handmade props from actual wear and tear to something that was made out of a 3d printer so and i feel like you will probably have a good like long little rant about well a 3d printer has its pros but let me tell you about the cons <laughs> it's not well it's not handcrafted <laughs> i i mean i do have a little bit to say about uh, about 3d printing i have never i have never dabbled in it but i'm absolutely interested in it but yes there are pros and cons to uh to 3d printing uh, we may talk about in the future. Yes, I do hope to catch you. I mean, talk to have you on the guest uh, at least maybe sometime in the future, maybe in the next few months, around like say April, May, because that's when I assume all the productions may go back to normalish. Because right now, yeah, right now there's talk of the vaccines and stuff like that. There's like maybe three vaccines already out or in testing now and it's like they're still testing out all that stuff and they said the vaccines won't be rolling out until April-ish so yeah. uh, but aside from social media stuff can we expect anything in the future or are you still just really making sure to get on the union yeah I'm just I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep trying towards the union because um I'm just not taking a whole lot of work right now. It's not worth COVID exposure to me right now. So yeah, uh, which might be uh, it's uh, yeah, it's that because I'm uh, just still thinking about if I should do the thing on Sunday. But as of right now, I'm not even unsure right now. So, uh, it, and I actually have a job too. So it's like I'm more of being exposed by anything because you know. Just yesterday, I saw my first coupon bite, and that coupon Karen, right, had no mask on. So, it's like, unless she walked into the, into the store with her mask on and took it off when she started taking the thing, I really have, 
no idea, but she was walking around without a goddamn mask on, and I'm just like, I had my mask on, and I'm just talking to my cashier, who I'm just like, one. Do they give you whole ass face shields? Nope, it's just the uh, regular mask. I would, consider, I would consider buying one. So, you know, a mask over over nose and mouth, and then a whole ass face shield. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't care at all what that looks like or what people think. I just ooh. Anyway, uh, that has been episode two of season four. I hope this has been filmed a lot more better because the other one was just so gobbled up on my side. At least you came out perfectly fine. My side was just like. But anyway, I hope. You had a great time listening or watching this. So, yeah, take care and stay tuned for the next one.